For the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of the Great Lent. And today the Gospel is one of the Lord's most famous parables. The parable of the prodigal son from Luke chapter 15. And Luke chapter 15 is a very, very powerful chapter. Because it contains three beautiful parables about repentance. About a lost sheep. It talks about the lost coin and the lost son. And these parables, something was lost, but they were found. They were found. And if anyone has doubts whether God has forgiven them, or if God, or if God can forgive them, you need to read Luke chapter 15. Because Luke 15 shows how God accepts our repentance no matter the circumstance. And Luke 15 teaches us it's never too late to repent. In the Old Testament, God spoke to Ezekiel and said to him, Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked? Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked? The answer is, no. God does not take pleasure in the death of a sinner. God did not create us to destroy us. He didn't create us for destruction or for our condemnation. That would be very cruel. God created us for life. God created us for glory. God created us to live eternally with Him. And we'll see in the parable of today that actually we are all the prodigal son. And we are all like abandoned God. And we choose to destroy ourselves in sin. And that's why God told Ezekiel, he said, No, I don't take pleasure in the death of the sinner, but rather that he should return and live. Return and live. And that's the main message of today, is a message of repentance. We are in need of repentance. Today, as the Pauline Epistle said, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to turn from our old ways to live a new life. Repentance gives us a fresh start. It gives us a clean slate. It gives us a new beginning. The other day someone was confessing and they said, Wow, that was very nice. I said, Oh yeah, of course. Confession has to be very nice. Living in sin is not nice. It's disgusting. It's depressing. It's damaging to the soul. Today is the day of... Repentance. Today is the day of repentance. Today I want to look at the three characters in the parable. And from each character, we want to learn one virtue. That's it. One virtue from each character of this, of this parable. Let's start with the prodigal son. The virtue we can learn from the prodigal son, we said the theme of today is repentance. We learn from the prodigal son, repentance. Repentance, the Greek word metanoia, means to... Change one's way, to change one's way of life, to change direction, to change course, to live differently. And repentance is easy in thought. It's very easy in thought. And actually it's not that hard in practice. It's really not that hard. All you have to say is be like this prodigal son and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. You can say that. Very easy to say. But in practice, it's not so easy to say. Why? Because, a couple of reasons. One is we're very stubborn. We're very stubborn. 
And sometimes we love to hold on to our sin and we don't want to admit that we sin or we don't want to admit our mistakes. And the worst part is we're stubborn, like if you, at least you could be stubborn in like righteous things, but sometimes we're stubborn in like sin and in wrong things and we'd love to do wrong things and we don't want to like we don't want to change i'm sure that the father told this prodigal son and said son if you take this inheritance you're going to waste it you're going to like don't don't take this and leave stay in the house but the prodigal son he said I don't want to listen to you, and I have my mind made up. I'm going to go and leave my father's house. So stubborn. He didn't want to listen to his father. He wanted his inheritance now, and he thought that he could find happiness away from his father's house. And too many people these days, too many people stubbornly think that they can find happiness outside of the church and outside of God. But such people, if they are honest with themselves, if they are honest with themselves, if they let go of their stubbornness, as the prodigal son did, they will find that there is no like peace away from God. There is no peace away from God. The Bible has a name for stubborn people. Arfin, a name for stubborn people in the Bible? Arfin? It's stiff-necked people. Stiff-necked people. Stiff-necked person, that it's hard for him to turn his neck because it's so stiff. And a stiff-necked person cannot turn from their sins. They're stubborn. Another way that the Bible describes stubborn people, it says they have a, a hard heart. A hard heart. And a hard heart, God despises a hard heart. Hard heart. God despises a hard heart. And there's like, he, he despises the hard heart so much that actually there's a very interesting command in the Mosaic law. It says, if a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and who, when they have chastened him, will not heed them, then this father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders of the city and to the gate of the city. And they shall say to the elders of the city, This son of ours is stubborn, and this son of ours is rebellious, and he will not obey our voice. He is a glutton, and he is a drunkard. Then all of the men of that city shall stone him. To death. So you shall put away this evil thing away from you. And God does not like the stubborn heart. He does not like the hard heart. And thanks be to God, we live in the era of grace and not in the era of the law. Otherwise, yani. Kurla Sunday school, thank God. Yani, we're in the era of grace. But this shows how much God does not like the stubborn heart, the one who does not listen, the one who re- refuses to heed the advice of the church, the one who refuses to learn from the mistakes of others. 
this is the, like the most stubborn thing, is if you fail to learn from others. And we have stories. We have St. Moses. We have St. Mary of Egypt. They lived in sin. And they testified that sin didn't do them any good. And they became the most holy people. So why do we hold on to sin? Why don't we learn from the example of others? Yani, even these days, I wonder why it's so obvious that drugs are not good, and drugs hurt, and drugs and do everything. But so many of our youth do drugs. Why? It's obvious. It's not good. Why? Stubborn. Stubborn. And why do we know like, that you know, we should save ourselves for marriage, and we know that these things are not good for us, but... The devil like, makes things look deceptive, and he makes things look enticing. And so many of our youth, they want to commit sexual immorality. Why? Don't be stubborn. Don't be stubborn. These things do not bring happiness. Hopefully we can learn from, from many of the saints. The greatest example in the Bible of stubbornness is... Pharaoh. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, that's the classic example of one stubborn. And despite all the miracles that God showed to Pharaoh, and, you know, all the devastation that happened in Egypt, you know, you had blood, you had frogs, you had locusts, you had the flies, you had... Yeah, the, the whole country is, is gone at this point. He lost his own son. Don't be stubborn, Pharaoh. Let the people go. No. I will follow them. Ida, why? why? Why are we so stubborn? Thanks be to God. God knows how to change a stubborn heart. He knows how to change a stubborn heart. He knows how Ezekiel, it says, then I will give them one heart. I will put a new spirit within them. I will take away that stony heart. Have those stony hearts. Bring them here, and God will give you a heart of flesh. A heart that is soft, a heart that is capable of knowing God. One that does not resist the word of God. And I think God, sometimes, in His wisdom, He breaks a hard heart by allowing His sons to eat mud. To eat mud. Unfortunately, it sometimes, unfortunately... It requires a stubborn person to reach rock bottom for them to realize, wow, I need to repent. Maybe I need to change things. Maybe I need to live differently. And although eating the mud stinks, eating the mud is actually for salvation. Eating the mud humbles us. Eating the mud allows us to say, oh, I need to rise. I need to change. I need to live differently. Another reason repentance is challenging is because sometimes I feel I am too deep in sin and I cannot change. And Saint Paisa, she was a harlot. She was living in deep, deep sin. And when Saint John came to her, she, he asked her a very important question. He asked her, what have you got against Jesus that you behave like this? What do you have against Jesus that you keep doing all of these sins? What do you have against Jesus? What did Jesus do to you that makes you want to continue and be stubborn in your sin? And then St. John, it says, he just started weeping and crying and crying and crying. And St. Paisa was, 
why are you crying? And then he said, I see Satan playing in your face. I see Satan in all the deeds that you're doing. And then hearing this, St. Paisa said something so beautiful. She said, Abba, is it possible for me to repent? Is it possible? I've been living like this for so long. I've been doing all of these things. I'm so deep in my sin. Can I repent? You know what Abba John said to her? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, you can repent. You can. You can. Your future does not have to be dictated by your past. Yesterday, you did a lot of sins. Yesterday, you did a lot of sins. You, you cussed at each other. You angered each other. You watched inappropriate things. You did a lot of bad things. That was yesterday. Today, you don't need to do those things anymore. Today, you can be like St. Paisa said, I am done with this. I am going to walk in a new path. Don't be stubborn. The prodigal son was stubborn, but actually, at the end, he learned. He learned. And he came back to his father's house. We should learn to be quick to repentance. Every time we sin, we get up and repent. Don't let the sin linger in your heart. That was the virtue that we can learn from the prodigal son. From the older son. Let's talk about the older son. The virtue that I want us to learn from the older son is gratitude is gratitude and thanksgiving. The older son, despite living in his father's house, he was not thankful. He was not gracious. He was not thankful to his father. And when the father threw a big celebration for his younger brother, he was full of jealousy, full of anger. And in the gospel it says, when the older son heard the music and the dancing, it says he was angry and he would not go in. Therefore his father came out to him and pleaded with him and answered and said, and he said, Lo, these many years I have been serving you and I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me one goat that I could be happy with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours, who devoured your inheritance and all your money with prostitutes and harlots, you killed the fatted calf, In other words, the the older son said, Father, this is not fair. What you are doing is not fair. It's not fair that you accept this punk kid in all of his sin, and you didn't do anything for me. And I think oftentimes we are like this older son, and we complain against God. And we say, God, what you're doing to me is not... Fair. It's not fair, God. We compare ourselves to others, and we see the gifts that other people have, and we say, it's not fair. How come this person is beautiful, and I have a bald head? How come this person is rich, and I am poor? How come this person is this, and I am not this? How come this is this, and I am this? And we start to say, God, you are not, you are not fair. You are not fair. We look at some of the challenges in my life. You say, I had these issues in my life. It's not fair. I was born like this. I have health conditions like this. I was this way. When I... It's not fair, God. Why did you do this to me? And we ask God, how is it fair? And what's interesting is 
that this life is not intended to be fair. This life is not intended to be fair. Mathalan, the story of Lazarus and the rich man, that's Luke 16, right after. Is it fair that there was a man who is, has dogs licking his sores and he's at the door of a rich man and the rich man didn't do anything? Is that fair? It's not fair. It's not fair. But God has a plan for this. Yeah? Is it fair that in the parable of the talents, he gives to one five talents, he gives to another two, he gives to another one? Is that fair? It's not fair, God. Why don't you give everybody five? It's not fair. How come in the Gospel of Matins today, we read about the parable of the landowner? And they hired laborers at different times of the day. One in the morning, one at the sixth hour, or one at the third, one at the sixth, one at the eleventh. And at the end of the day, he paid them all the same. And then the people, they came and they said, this is not, this is not fair. And then the people, they came, they said, the last men have worked only one hour. And you made them equal to us. Who were, we worked all day in the burden and the heat of the day. This is not fair. This is not, it's not supposed to be fair. <laughs> His life isn't fair. And is it fair that the Lord Jesus Christ was punished and was crucified on a cross? Is that fair? It's not fair. It's not fair. Life is not fair. But God is fair. God is fair, and He will reward you for the injustices that you, that you experienced in this world. And that's why Lazarus, the one who was the dogs and doesn't have food, he went to heaven. That's fair. That's fair. God is fair. There is eternal life. That is fair. The Christian does not need to be concerned about what is fair or what is not fair. The Christian trusts in the judgments of God. He knows that the foolishness of God is wiser than man. So the Christian is thankful in all circumstances. He gives thanks in all circumstances. That's why, look at what St. Paul says to the Corinthians. He says, now therefore, Christian, like to the Corinthians, he says, it's an utter failure, utter failure, that you go to the law against one another. He says, why do you not rather accept wrong? Why don't you accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? Let yourselves be cheated? Because that's not fair. That's not fair. And our Lord Jesus Christ, He said on the Sermon of the Mount, He says, whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. Is that fair? How about the person who sues you? And he wants to take away your tunic. Let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Is this fair? Where is the fairness in this? The Christian is in the hands of God. He is thankful to be in the hands of God. So we don't need to be comparing ourselves. We don't care about the fairness here. We know that God is fair and just. Going back to the parable of the laborers, I love what the landowner said. He said, friend, 
I am doing you no wrong. I didn't do you any wrong. Did you not agree with me for one denarii? He said, take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give the last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish my, with my own things? Or is your eye, is your own eye evil? Is your eye evil? Because I am good. Oftentimes, our pursuit of fairness, our pursuit of fairness is not rooted in righteousness. It's rooted in pride. The older son in the gospel of today, the issue wasn't that there was a party and whatever. The party was, how come I didn't get the party? It was about me. And this is pride. And that's why the opposite of this, the virtue we need to learn, is to learn to be thankful. need to be thankful. The father said, everything I have is yours. You don't need to be jealous. You don't need to be like envious. You don't need to be angry at other people. You have everything, son. Be thankful that you are in the house of God. Instead of focusing on what God has given others, focus on what God has given you. What has God given you? We have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to be thankful for. The older son teaches us the virtue of gratitude and thanksgiving. Lastly, let's talk about the father. Very quickly. Let's learn the virtue of patience and long-suffering. Patience and long-suffering. As fathers and mothers, it pains us to see our children living in sin. It pains us. But we have to be patient and long-suffering. Long-suffering. We have to endure. And most importantly, we need to, to pray. I love the story of St. Monica. St. Monica, she's the mother of St. Augustine. She was a mother of three. And she was widowed very early. And she was a devout Christian woman. And she wanted her children to be Christians. The only problem is St. Augustine da stubborn. Stubborn. And St. Augustine, Augustine would, like every time St. Monica would try to preach to him and say, you need to pray, you need to do this, you need to do this. Uh, Mama, Stephen, uh, I don't want to do, and push him away. Uh. And, and St. Monica would always go to the, the bishop. The bishop was... St. Ambrose, and he and you say, you say it now. Please ask about my son. Yeah, please help him do this. And St. Ambrose said something so beautiful to St. Monica. Said, it is not possible. It is not possible that the son of so many tears should perish. It is not possible. The son of so many tears to perish. St. Augustine lived 31 years in sin. Committing sexual sins. Having illegitimate children. He had an illegitimate child. But he became a bishop in the church. He wrote the most beautiful commentary on the scriptures. How? How? The long-suffering of his parents, of his mom, St. Monica. The prayers of St. Monica. I love what we said in the gospel yesterday. It said, my sheep, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
This is what the Lord Jesus Christ says. I know my sheep, they hear my voice. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Never. Ever, ever, ever perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. And I feel many of our youth, maybe they're experimenting. Maybe they're doing crazy. They do a lot of whatever. But they are in our, they are in the hands of the Lord. And no one, no one will be able to snatch them out. No one. No one ever. The Lord said, my father has given them to me and is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. The father knew that he, this son was going to come back. We have to have faith. We have to never lose hope. We trust in the power of repentance. We see that repentance makes a big difference in the life of the saints. I hope you learned these three virtues. The virtue of repentance. The virtue of gratitude and thanksgiving. To be thankful in every... And to endure and to be long-suffering. And glory be to God forever. Amen.